thanks for joining the conversation. Welcome to Continued Conversations. I'm Brad Dexter, your host, along with Tim Banach and Claire Thielen. In this season of our podcast, we're taking the opportunity to explore the stories of people that are living with a variety of different neurological conditions. We'll converse about different diagnoses with experts, but what we'll learn there won't tell the entire story. Behind each of those diagnoses is an actual person, an individual, and a support system navigating grief, hopefulness, and developing resiliency. Join us for their journeys. All right, welcome back to Continued Conversations. As you just heard in the intro, we have a lot of conversations around the healthcare field. Uh, we have PTs, occupational therapists, speech therapists, psychologists um, working with us at Continue Tele-Rehab. Um, we also have a lot of conversations about life uh, and things that are going on within the workplace too. And so our conversation today is kind of generated from some side topics that have been uh, happening within our office. Uh, and if you've been listening to us for a while or are new to us, um, Continue Tell Rehab is uh, really the brainchild of QLI. And QLI is located in Omaha, Nebraska. If you go back and let us listen to several several of our podcasts, you'll find that we talk about QLI and reference QLI often. And that's because, uh, again, we were kind of born out of QLI. And so keep in mind that some of the things that we talk about here are things that we've learned from uh, both of these workplaces um, and concepts that we've learned from both of these workplaces. But Steve, the, the conversation that we're having today is around the element of change, right? We recently had a change uh, within uh, our office. We lost one of our key members who moved overseas to Germany. Um, and uh, you know what? It's sad. Uh, and the rest of us that are, you know, still in the office are, are facing these elements of change and trying to navigate um, some new waters. And so I'd love to just kind of hear what some of your thoughts have been around that and, and maybe just take the conversation that way. Well, it's always more fun to talk about things that are relevant that we're yeah. going through and it's, it's pretty fresh. So, you know, as a team, um, we spent a lot of time navigating uh, even before uh, this team member left, what are we going to do about that? And I always think about this in terms of something we call the change curve. Mm -hmm. The change curve really happens when there's there's an event that happens, could be a problem, could be, in this case, someone leaving. And there's a point in time where um, the, you start to experience the change. In our case, we experienced it pretty immediately, but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes there's a delay some for whatever reason, and you don't start to feel the, the pain points of that uh, until further on down the road. So it's important to understand that a change happens of some sort, and then there is this period of time, and then how we respond to that uh, and how we get on the other side of that can also take uh, a, you know varying amounts of time, and the impact of that can be um, a lot or a little, and we hope it's just a little. And so when we think about the change curve, we want to make sure that we understand when the change is coming. We understand what happens after the change. And then we do things to make sure that we get through that change on the other side as quickly as possible. And we're off and running and, um, you know, we've navigated that and, and can start to face some of the new challenges that we have. Yeah. So I'm thinking about change. Sometimes there are things that change in our lives that we anticipate and other times there are things that change in our lives that we don't really anticipate. In this case, it, you know, it was a move that you had been having conversations for a long time as a supervisor with this individual. And, 
and um, kind of, you know, kind of knew that it was coming or potentially coming. And so that gave you an opportunity to at least anticipate it, right? And to prepare the rest of the team to do that. Can you kind of talk through um, some of those steps that you you worked through to help navigate the change? Yeah. You know, th- that's another concept that I always am mindful of as supervisors or as individuals who really get met with the challenge first we are the first ones to start dealing with and adjusting to that change. And so even in this case, I knew about the change way before you did yeah. and many of the individuals on our team. And it, it was a, it's been good learning for me to, to recognize that it takes other people time to get to the same point as I am. Right. I've had a head start, so sure. to speak in uh, thinking about, you know, what are we going to do about it? My own emotions around it. If they're uh, you know, whether they're positive or, or, uh, constructive and and allowing people some space to do that is something that we work really hard at and understanding that people navigate that differently they move along that continuum differently and when we recognize that we can we can allow the time for that to happen so i think that that happens you know there's you know five keys that that we have discussed around navigating change and one of the first ones is developing a plan but even before developing the plan although I think it falls underneath this, we have to make sure that we allow people to experience uh, whatever it is uh, before we can get to that plan development. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Like uh, you, you have a chance as a supervisor when you're presented with that information to um, start to anticipate how other people may respond to it. You get to start maybe even developing a plan. And if you're not pulling other people under the tent or giving them adequate time to kind of process what's going to happen next, and you just start rolling in with your plan, sometimes that doesn't go all that well, right? I'm, I'm thinking another example, you know, we talk a lot about our kids and uh, you gave an example recently of like going back to school and preparing for that. I think if you maybe approach your kids and you're like, all right, kids, this is what the schedule is going to look like. Here's how, what your bedtime routine is going to be. And here's what the morning is going to look like without, I mean, they're at the ages where maybe you want to give them a little bit of input, right? Yep. If you didn't give them any input, man, you're going to end up beating your head against the wall every yeah. night and every morning, probably. Right. Yeah. I think it depends on where they're at in their development. I recently had a chance to listen to Tim Feeney for our listeners. If you don't know who Tim Feeney is, we should, we should actually do a podcast on him. Fair. On him. Yeah. Uh, but Tim is uh, a legend around QLI and uh, a legend actually in the world of brain injury, but he talks about the differences. There's actually a hierarchy in decision-making and there's a hierarchy in choice. And with our kids, we might give them maybe a few choices rather than letting them have it at a carte, carte blanche. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think, whenever we can include people into the plan and make it collaborative and allow everyone to weigh in, not that it's um, no one's in charge type of situation, but having buy-in and having some discussion around that and potentially some intellectual conflict around that, I think ends up getting us to a good plan that there is buy-in rather than it being directive. So um, having a plan is is really the first step. And and then along the lines and, and a close uh, next step is just setting clear expectations and setting them early. Uh, and in this case, um, not only are we setting expectations about what it's going to look like once the change actually happens, but I think we're, to, to use a fancy term from Dr. Hogevine, um, doing a psychological inoculation. And what that basically is, is just foreshadowing, hey, here's what's going to happen. We know that there's going to be some challenges that come with that, some that we predict and some that we don't. Mm-hmm. So let's not be surprised when those pop up. And in doing so, it allows the 
the sticker shock, so to speak, to be a little bit less. And we can start to navigate those and, and we actually deal with some of those challenges maybe ahead of time. So I love that concept and it's something that we do a lot. Um, and, and having clarity really helps to make sure that there's no confusion um, once you get started. And then even before in, in, in this particular situation, we started practicing. So that's, that's the third key. What can you do before the actual change happens to ease that uh, transition and give people some practice to change their routine? You know, for me, for example, this person was handling scheduling and referrals and, and things like that. And, and we have another uh, uh, team member, Claire, who actually takes the lion's share of this. So it, yeah. it was almost, you know, more for her and, and how do I be supportive in, in, in that? So um, being able to practice that ahead of time and, and get some repetition around that so that we can all change our routines before the actual deadline um, is really important. And then once the deadline happens, uh, the next key is just getting to work, right? We're in the thick of that right now, right? And, oh, yeah. And we've had some of those challenges. We had some of those hiccups. And I think of a lot of um, the dialogue that we've had that's been really healthy around that. So I don't know how you feel about that, but. Yeah, well, I was, I mean, I was just thinking, gosh, could you cut out the start practicing part and just jump straight to the get to work? And, you know, as you were talking through that, I was, I was thinking, no, like, it's really nice to be able to do some of the side-by-side stuff together and to know, hey, someone else has already been in this role and they've worked out some of the kinks and I need to have a clean handoff so that when they're gone, I'm able to just kind of get to work mm-hmm. at that point, right? Well, another tangible example specific to that, if you remember, um, you know, Abby was uh, handling all of the scheduling on behalf of our clinicians. Yep. And before she left, instead of just cold turkey handing them over to the clinicians when she's gone, you guys actually did the work for at least a week, maybe two, yep. so that if there's you know issues with that or some training that needs to happen, that Abby could oversee that and you all got in the habit of that. So that's a perfect example of um, something that clinicians are pretty familiar with, but it's out of their routine. Yeah. And we have to not over or not underestimate uh, the disruption that that can create, even though it's a, a pretty simple thing. Yeah, do you, do you think, I mean, back to the... Um, you know, you have changes that you can anticipate and changes that you can't anticipate, right? Do, do you kind of lose that start practicing piece with a change that you can't anticipate? I, I, oftentimes you do. Um, but one of the ways I think you can get around it is always to be thinking ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Can you can you be thinking ahead as to potential risks? And if this happens, what might I do? And if his, this happens, what might I do? Now, the downside of that is we end up becoming uh, worried about little things that may or sure. may not happen. So that, that can be um, maybe a little bit of a double-edged sword, but I do think thinking ahead and having, um, some sort of, um, readiness for that can be a little bit healthy as long as it doesn't go too far the other way. Yeah. And then just really the last thing in, in this case, um, we like to talk about support for success and support for success looks, you know, different depending on the situation. And in the example where we talk about going back to school, it's how as parents do we support our kids. Uh, and in this one, it looks a little bit different, but I think really what's played out is, is how do we support each other mm-hmm. and how are we developing the routines about checking in and saying, just asking, how are you doing? Sometimes I'm not very good at that. Right. Yeah. So that's been a new routine for me. And, and I know that that's an area that I always have to work on regardless of the change, but some people on our team are much better than that and, uh, at it than I am. And so I think it's really good as teams to, really think about who's good at what and how do we leverage some of those skills and how do we all pitch in uh, to be helpful and, and making that an expectation and something that we all 
you know, rise together and do together so that we can work through this as quickly as possible. Yeah. I think that's been something, you know, that's unique about a smaller team like ours is it's really helpful to just understand what everyone on the team is doing. Uh, it helps you have a better understanding of the business as a whole, uh, but also allows you to maybe step in and say, Hey, how can I help? Um, when there's a time that that might be the case. Yeah. Right. So just to wrap up, you know, these might seem really obvious and I don't think they're anything groundbreaking, uh, but I do think they are steps that often get missed. Um, so just to recap, always good to develop a plan, setting clear expectations and setting them early, remembering that we talked this about this concept of, of foreshadowing, uh, making sure that you practice uh, some of those skills that might seem a bit simple ahead of time if you can, um, getting down to work. Uh, which we all know is coming and, and making sure that there's enough support for success on the back end. But I think those are, are really five keys and a, and a good initial checklist uh, for anyone navigating change, big or small. Absolutely. You know what, that uh, that conversation, hopefully, maybe it, it reminded you guys of something that you have going on in your own lives or maybe someone that you're working with and, and you can utilize those five keys uh, to help you be successful navigating a change in the future too. So- Thanks for joining the conversation with us today. If you found it helpful, please share with your family and friends. You can learn more about us at continuetelerehab.com or check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook.